Happy New Year! You're listening to Equip, the preaching ministry of First Baptist Dry Prong in Dry Prong, Louisiana. Today, for our last sermon of the year, we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4. The message is entitled, Looking Forward to Looking Back. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. I ask you this morning to turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to do one more... Uh, Topical type sermon before we jump back into 1 Corinthians next week. New Year's is one of my favorite holidays. It always has been. I always love the idea of looking forward. And not only that, I also enjoy the idea of looking back, of taking a minute just to reflect on all the things that have happened over the last year. I stand before you today, I'm really shocked. This time last year, I didn't know some of the things that would happen, would happen. Some sad things, some very exciting things. Last year, my grandfather was at Christmas with us. This year, he was not. He passed away. Didn't see that coming. This last year, my son walked the aisle and gave his heart to Jesus. What a wonderful experience that was. We've had people get diagnosed with unexpected illnesses this year. Every year it's like this. You look back and you see some things that just really took the wind out of your cells and some things that just put the wind in your cells. And then you get to a point, like we are today, where that clock's ticking down and you think about everything that you would like to accomplish in the next year. And you wonder what's going to happen in the next year. What's Christmas going to look like next year? This year is going to be quite interesting, quite honestly, because it's an election year. And here in America, things get kind of ugly during an election year. So I was thinking on that and pondering about that. And I'm like, you know, wouldn't it be a, a, a good idea if there's a good place in Scripture that, give us, that gives us some insight on how to plan and how to look forward going into a new year? And I, I keep coming back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Some of the last words written by the Apostle Paul to his young son in the faith, Timothy. First, the 2 Timothy and Titus, they're what's known as the pastoral epistles. And a lot of people read these and a lot of people unfortunately get the idea that maybe they don't apply to me because I'm not a preacher. But I want to tell, to you, I want to tell you, that's not the case. Even though they do give instructions for pastors, really, it's written to help us be mature believers, mature, mature believers in Christ. So I'm going to go through uh, the first 11 verses in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And what I would entitle this this morning is looking forward to looking back. You could say that a couple of different ways. Like I'm looking forward... To one day look back. I'm looking forward to one day to being here next year and looking back and seeing all the blessings that God has done. I believe that's what Paul is kind of doing here, closing out his letter uh, to Timothy. Giving him insight and wisdom as his ministry is getting started and Paul's ministry is wrapping up. So let's go through it. Let's read the first two verses. 2 Timothy verses 4. I mean 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. He says, I charge you therefore before God 
and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. First truth that I want you to see this morning as we get ready to go into this new year is the necessity of the Word. Paul wanted young Timothy to know the necessity of the Word. He charged him. He challenged him. With the name above all names, the righteous judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, to preach the Word. In this new year, like I just said, we're going to be throwing all kinds of crazy situations this year. I'm not a prophet. I'm not making a prophecy, but I guarantee you some of you in this place will be faced with an unexpected illness this year. Every one of us in this place are going to have to deal with political turmoil. Some of you in here may have to be faced with financial difficulty. Some of you in here may have to deal with an unexpected accident. How will you deal with these situations when they occur? What's the proper way to handle events and circumstances that happen for the Christian? It's staying in the Word. It's realizing the necessity of the Word. He shares what the Word is good for. Now he's charging Timothy to preach the Word. And in doing so, Paul says this is what the Word is good for. Number one, the Word is good for convincing the Word is good for convincing us total truth. What is right and what is wrong. If you want to know what is true, you don't need to listen too much to a debate stage in the next few months. You need to get in your Word. Because let me tell you, the politicians, they will tell you what you want to hear. The Bible tells us what we need to hear. The Word is good for convincing us truth. But the Word is also good. The word is also good and it's also necessary for rebuking both the Christian and the non-Christian alike. You see, Paul was telling Timothy, it doesn't really matter what you think or what I think or what the people think. It's what the word says that matters. And lastly, he says the word is good for exhorting. Convince, rebuke, exhort. The word is good for exhorting. For us to fight the good fight of faith, to stay faithful, to know that while some may despise the word, it is pleasing to Christ Jesus that we remain in him and in his word. You see, Timothy wasn't to preach his feelings. He wasn't to preach to appease the people. He was to preach the word. So church, I want to just take a minute and I want to charge you like Paul charged Timothy. I'm not going to charge you to preach the Word, but I charge you to be faithful in the Word this new year, to get in it, to study it, to remain faithful to it, to listen to it preached, to listen to it taught, because only in God's holy Word can total truth be found. Don't you ever, ever neglect the necessity of God's Word. When this new year comes, when all this stuff may happen, come to me. I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. My door is open. They can text me. You can call me. But I'm charging you above all else to get in the Word. 
Read the Bible. Make time for it. The Word is so important because without it, we listen to what we want to listen to and we become what I call the second truth of the text is wayward sheep. And Paul says this is why he writes it in the next two verses. He says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. I call this the reality of wayward sheep. And what you have here, you have Paul, who is speaking from experience. Paul knows this all too well. The sheep need a shepherd to protect them from the wolves. Sheep are prone to wonder. Sheep are prone to listen and to follow anyone and everything that feels good. And Paul is telling Timothy that, look, it's not a matter of if this happens, Timothy. It's a matter of when it happens. Typically, we read this, and you might see it on Facebook, and we assign this to a prophetic-type literature. Well, like, boy, that's America today. You know what? People are, are going their own ways. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about sound doctrine. And this year, we're going to encounter individuals like this. But church, I want to use this as an opportunity this morning to warn you that if you're not careful, if you're not careful, this could happen to you. Because see, in its context... Paul's not talking about people who are not Christians. He's not talking about people outside the flock. He's talking about people who claim to be believers. But instead of caring about God's word, instead of caring about God's will, they search and they seek out for themselves what they want. It's so very tempting and it's so very easy to do. And I just want to exhort you this new year don't let that be you don't buy into the false teachers don't buy into the lies don't let your ears and your eyes deceive you i will tell you satan our enemy is a great deceiver and he will do anything and everything he can this new year to keep you from sharing the gospel He's going to do everything he can this year to convince you that some sin is not serious. That maybe this Bible has progressed and or, or maybe we're in a new time where we understand sin differently now. Don't fall for the lies. It sounds good, but it's not true. The enemy will try to convince you to tell you that knowing the word, speaking the word, that's somebody else's job. That's the preacher's job. That's the deacon's job. That's the Sunday school teacher's job. You don't need to be in the word. You don't need to do that. I'll tell you, your enemy, I'll try to tell you that coming to church on Sunday is not important. Being part of a Sunday school class is not important. They'll try to tell you you're not good enough. You're not qualified to be used. All with the goal of ultimately tricking tricking you by appealing to your itching ears to care more about what you want than about what God wants for you. That's what it says in verse 3. But according to their own desires. 
Because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers. And they'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Paul doesn't want this to happen, but he understands it's likely to. And the only way to keep that from happening is to stay in the Word. Timothy's task in this is to do his best to keep this from happening as it is mine. And church, I commit to you this year that I will be like Timothy. And I commit to you that Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, I commit to you that I will preach the Word. I commit to you to do my part, but I ask you, church, to do your part. I ask you to trust me as your under-shepherd. I ask you to trust God's Word, even when it offends you, even when it cuts you down deep. And I ask you to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean into your own understanding in 2024. Please, church, please don't let 2024 be a year that you become a wayward sheep like Paul's talking about here. Oh, what a shame it would be if this would be a year that you wandered away from the flock of God. Paul goes on, and I, I think this is one of the most beautiful verses in the, in the passage, is verse 5. He tells Timothy, but you, Timothy, but you, you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This is my wish for all of you in 2024. And we can sum it up this way. is simply to do what God has called you to do. Paul is exhorting Timothy here simply to do what he's been called to do. Earlier in the, in the book, Paul uh, reminds Timothy of his calling. He says, don't let anybody despise your youth. Timothy was called to be a pastor. And he tells him three things that... That, that can help him be successful in his task. And I think the same three things, whether you're a, a teacher, whether you're a preacher, whether you're a deacon, or whether you're just a disciple, these three things can apply to all of us today. I can't think of three better ways to go into 2024. The first is to be watchful in all things. The Bible tells us to test the spirit. Why do people fall for false doctrines? Why do people fall for false lies? Because we're not watchful in all things. We would be wise this year to be watchful in all things. In anything, in everything, we should ask the questions, am I seeking God's will or my will? Does this person who's coming to me, appealing to me, do they really have my best interest at heart? Can I really believe what he or she has said about this person? Is what I'm doing helping me grow as a Christian? He says to be watchful in all things. And church, I'd say all. I believe it means all. That means every TV show I watch, I'm going to be watchful. Is that something I should be watching? Every newscast I watch, is that something that's going to help me grow as a Christian? Every website I look at, every book I read, I need to be watchful in everything I do. 
Everything I partake in, I need to be watchful in it. I need to test it. Am I fulfilling my wants or God's wants? Secondly, he tells him to endure afflictions. Endure hardships, your translations might say. For you see, for the Christian, it's not a matter if affliction or hardships will come. It's a matter of when. And Paul understands this very well. And he tells Timothy, he doesn't tell him to run from it. He tells, you, tells him to endure it. And I'm telling you the same today. In 2024, if and when trials and tribulations occur, realize God turns tragedy into triumphs. He turns tests into testimonies. Don't run from your faith in affliction. Don't avoid affliction. Endure it. Knowing that God is working out something great, even if you can't understand it or comprehend it. And thirdly, he says this. He says, do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. Go and tell. Share Christ with others. Let others see Jesus in you. Don't you be ashamed of the one who changed your life, Timothy. For the one who has given your life, don't you be ashamed. The one who's given you purpose, the one who's given you hope, the one who's given you love, the one who's given you peace, don't you be ashamed of that. Do the work of an evangelist. Go and tell the good news. And I encourage you all to do the same. And I'll share with you, church, if you do these three things, if you're watchful in all things, if you endure afflictions and you're doing the work of an evangelist, well then you will fulfill your ministry. Whether it's being a pastor, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, a committee member, whatever the case may be, simply a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're watchful in all things, you're enduring afflictions, you're doing the work of an evangelist, then you will fulfill your ministry. Now, I don't know about you, but this time next year, I want to be able to look back at 2024 and say confidently that I made the most out of what God asked me to do. And I know that happens by doing those three things. You know, I believe that was Paul's whole heart for writing this epistle. That one day... Not at the end of a year per se, but at the end of a life that Timothy could look back and say, you know what? I may not have been perfect, but I did my best and I let God do the rest. Because that's where Paul was at in his life. This is what he says. Like I said, some of the last words we have listed of Paul. It's in verses 6 through 8. Paul says, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. 
and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul is at this point. He's at the point he was looking forward to, and now he's looking back, and he's saying, hey, I fought the good fight. I've done my best. And that's my wish for you, is that you do your best and you trust God to do the rest. Paul's time had come and he wanted Timothy to know that he had done his best. He had trusted God to do the rest. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. And he makes the bold proclamation here in verse 8 that there is a crown awaiting. And it's not just for me, but everyone else who's loved his appearing. Oh, church. Whether it's the end of next year, whether it's 20 years from now, or whether it's tomorrow, I hope at the end of my life that I'll be able to say these words. I hope that you'll be able to say these words. That I've fought the good fight. That I've kept the faith. That I've done my absolute best and I've trusted God with the rest. But I want to tell you, church, There is only one way that that can happen. And that's for you to let go and let God just take over. Paul trusted in Christ. Paul trusted that Christ would forgive him on that Damascus road. A man who called himself the chief of all sinners. A man who persecuted the church. He laid his old life down. He surrendered it all to him. And in the end, Paul says, God did it. God was faithful and God will be faithful. When I close my eyes in death, I will be with the saints in heaven. We're at the time of year where we're setting New Year's resolutions. And you've probably heard it said, I know I have. New year, new me. Can't wait for that, huh? Well, some of your spouses would say, yeah, I hope we get a new you. But, can I just tell you, you can't have a new you. You can't have a new life. There's only one way to get a new life. is to lay the old life down. There's only one way to be born again. is to crucify the flesh. Jesus told Nicodemus that unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're seeking something new, if you've never, ever experienced a new life, then this morning I invite you to do what Paul did, what Timothy did, what I've done, what so many others have done. And just come to a point where you cry out to Jesus and just say, God, I cannot do this alone. I know as good as I am, my righteousness is as a filthy rags. And I want you to forgive me. I want you to take my sin. I believe you died for my sin so that you could give me your righteousness. This great exchange can happen, but you've got to be humble enough to ask for it. The Bible says that you can be a new creation in Christ. Brother Larry's going to come. We're going to have an invitation. And after the invitation, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper together. 
And this invitation, I invite you in this last invitation, this last altar call of 2023, if there is anything hindering, anything hindering your spiritual growth, I pray that you'll lay it on the altar this morning. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you're looking forward to 2024, and I hope that you'll remember the necessity of the Word. I hope you'll realize the reality of wayward sheep and that you would not become one. I hope that you'll do what God has called you to do, and ultimately, I hope that you will do your best and just trust God to do the rest. I hope that you'll come worship with us here at Dry Prong. We're right off 167, right in between Winfield and Alexandria. We would love to see you. Have a happy, happy New Year.